0: Lord we cannot begin to fathom our imagination is not capable of even beginning to understand how great you truly are we just marvel we marvel at your handiwork we marvel at the stars in the sky the the canyons the ocean the trees the creation the intricacy of life the miracle of life lord even in the face of a beautiful innocent child and we see your goodness as well as your greatness and even in this moment that we can come into thy presence that we can sit at your feet lord we pray that we could put aside all the scurrying and hurrying of our our martha brains and we can have a merry heart, not one that is like Mary and sits at your feet and wants to soak in your presence and what you would speak to us this afternoon. Lord, may your spirit have free reign. Lord, we're thankful for everyone who, who is here, everyone who's in hearing of your word, and we pray that they would be blessed and be encouraged. We pray for those who cannot be here. Our hearts are breaking for those who are dealing with health crises and old age and who are um, being bound by discouragement whom Satan is trying to prevent from coming here. Father, we just pray for your comforting presence, your encouragement in each one. Go through each one of those doors that they may not be able to open, but that you can. And Father, give them the comfort and grace and truth that they need. We pray this in Jesus' name. We turn together to the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 22, the Gospel of Luke, Chapter 22. Let's begin reading at verse 39. just want to read a few verses here and there will be other places that that we can study together. Luke 22, beginning at verse 39. And he came out and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray ye that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them a stone's cast and kneeling down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow and said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray lest ye enter into temptation. When we think about our Lord's in the question of prayer, I never thought about the fact that there was a time that our Lord had to face the question of unanswered prayer. And even in here, we can learn from our Lord's example of how to deal with the disappointments, how to deal with the undesired painful valleys that we need to go through in life we know that uh, in hebrews it gives us an insight that even our lord learned obedience through the things that he suffered that that god can learn is something that uh, i have a hard time really fathoming. that he can learn But in his experience here as you and I in the weakness and facing this incredibly painful but not just painful but the the loneliness of being abandoned by God himself and the agony of carrying my sin. He prayed that that cup would be removed. And God said no. one thing we can learn from his examples is that he did not want to be alone he brought his disciples with him we read more in the other parallel passages how he brought that inner circle and wanted them to pray with him when we face disappointments in life when we face hardships when we feel overwhelmed, as our Lord was feeling at this point that he was praying that drops of the sweat was like blood pouring out of his forehead, it's important for us not to retreat and isolate ourselves. It's important for us not to kind of go into our little cave and block out everyone as we deal with this alone. God didn't design us to do that. First of all, we see that our Lord did not isolate himself from the Heavenly Father. did not isolate himself from those around him that loved him and would support him. This past Friday night, um, Brother Rick and I were together with a number of other brothers in the Strasbourg Church, we were gathered not the first time to pray. And it was just very moving. Initially, as the concerns were being shared, there was praise for answered prayer. Laura was had not seen her husband for two months since Christmas, over two months, and uh, the hospital was immovable in not allowing her to to enter those doors to see her husband, and as we had prayed that God would work some kind of miracle that she would be able to see him, God made a way that Jehovah Shammah, the God who hears, reduced Sasha's hearing in one ear temporarily so that he would be moved to a hearing clinic where she could meet him and arranged that there would be a missing um, wheelchair so that she could spend a, a full hour of time with him and worked out all those things that God answered prayers in ways we wouldn't have anticipated. We don't even imagine how God is going to answer our prayers. It's often his creativity is way beyond ours and we only have to look at a flower or the world around us to see that. There was answered prayers and there were unanswered prayers. There was joys and there were heartaches. Little Jacob, we praised God that that tumor shrank more than the doctor had predicted and and we attributed it not only to the low dose chemo but the high dose prayer that was going on uh, for him and we praise god for that but at the same time we shared about little ezra demrovsky who who has lost 80 percent of his muscle mass due to some problem with his dna and When they take his shirt off, his arm dislocates and he's in pain because he doesn't even have enough muscles to hold his arm in its socket. And how parents were dealing with a lot of pain and discouragement. We praise God that Willie Sipcar is off the ventilator and is learning to walk and to to reuse his mouth, uh, be able to swallow again, but at the same time, we prayed for Paul Crisen's family who around the same time for the same thing but yet here is here is a husband whose wife is wheel bound in a wheelchair who is being taken home and a church losing yet another minister and even as Sasha we praise God for him you know we know that Tom Sherance around the same time, was, was taken, even though he left behind a church with no pastor. And, and, and in the brotherhood there, we could pray. We could, our hearts could break for one another. Our hearts could rejoice with one another. And there was a comfort as we face these things not alone. Not alone in our human strength, not merely in the commiserating of fellow humans, but in the knowledge that we are not alone, that God has his purposes. That's often the question we struggle with, and and, and, and it's the wrong question. As as we come to God and, and we insist on answers on why, why would you leave this wife without a husband? Why would you leave this church without a pastor? Why would you burden an innocent child with such suffering? And these are not questions we have direct answers from. Even even Job in his suffering for 40 chapters, crying out to God and saying, God, I don't understand, just come and, and talk to me and it would be enough. Explain yourself and, and God shows up and does not answer his question. You and I have an insight of that heavenly wager of, of how God's very honor was at stake in Job's response, but, but Job is still unaware at the very end, even as God restores and God uh, gives him back uh, even more than he had taken. But Job doesn't is never told why. Because that is not ours to understand. We said we didn't have the imagination to be able to even figure out how God was going to answer prayers. We, we don't have the imagination to understand what is really at stake. We, we can put our feeble attempts from what we can understand uh, of, of why this might be happening, but they're, they're never satisfactory. They, they never really address the ache of the heart for the ones who are going through pain. I think the better question is where? Where is God when our prayers are not answered? Where is God when we go through these disappointments and sufferings and trial? Jesus, in this example, in agony, We know that for for your blood vessels to burst in your forehead, you are under tremendous strain. And God sends His angel to comfort Him. God is with us in our trials. And it is our response to these trials that really... Matters. It matters on so many, on, on, an eternal multi, on a dimension you don't even. Sure it matters. to you, it matters to God. We see in Job's example how the heavenly realm, both Satan and the angels and the demons were all in the bleachers. More than the there were more spectators than you had for the Olympics, more than were cheering on. There were what he chose to do was the subject of tremendous interest, and God's very honor was at stake. We know that. In Daniel, uh, we have an example of the three friends of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who are, who are on this vast plain. And, and, and you can just visualize this huge, I don't know, what is it, 70, 90-foot tall gold, statue of gold hovering above this plain and, and, and all the officials of the kingdom bowing down and, and three that had the courage not to, Right? and being hauled before an enraged king and challenged, will you now bow down to my ego, in effect? And them saying, we will not be careful in how we answer you. Our God, whom we serve, is able to save us. But even if he doesn't, we will not dishonor him and we will not bow down to the statue. You see, that is your gift to God. God can give you faith, but you choose whether you give Him faithfulness. Faithfulness is your choice. In this your choice to still trust god in that pain for you to be like your lord and savior who endured trusting that god's purpose would be worth it he said for the very joy that was set before me endured the cross despising the shame that he saw you and he wanted you to have that hope and. He trusted in God's purposes. And he endured as seeing him who was invisible. We read about Moses, how he glorified God. And we go through that whole chapter. You see, when these trials come and Jesus felt the same temptation, our Our temptation is to to want to have God airlift us out of that situation. But instead of airlifting us out of the situation, God parachutes Himself in to the situation. And He goes with us through those trials. Now Jesus didn't have that benefit. He had to go alone on that cross. But he said that, as a result, he can promise you that you will never be alone, that he will be with you to the end of the age. There is no as as, as um, Betsy of uh, Ten Boom, you know said as she endured the horrors of German uh, concentration camp, there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. We have that confidence and that we can see that it is not about me escaping. Jesus would have liked to escape, but he said something critically said, not my will, but your will be done. He glorified God in that and As a result, our salvation was wrought. As God said, this is my beloved son. I have both glorified my name and will glorify God. He he glorified God in that choice. We want God to save us out of our trouble. But we glorify God as we allow him to walk with us in our trouble. As, as we read in Psalm 23 that though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear because thou art with me. We have that hope and that makes all the difference. when we don't understand we can still trust i know i've shared it countless times i do remember going through that valley myself with josiah I had my imagination that, you know, we would sing and we prayed and that God would heal him right now as we were in that hospital waiting room and that, you know, we would go home with a healthy baby and be free from all the entanglements of air hoses and and electric wires and all that. But that was not what God chose. God chose a different way. And I will understand it to be the better way. Praise God, he's here with us now. He was doing a tigger yee as he went down the mountains yesterday skiing. Praise God that God had a way that was different. And it made me better able to understand better able to experience I've, I've, I've spoken with Laura and, and, and she said that she can palpably feel God's presence when we go through these trials God's presence is real to us it can be real to us all the time but it's then we we often finally lean on those everlasting arms it was such a blessing to to have Sister Kezia's parents here just the other week and sharing an update on Sister Kara. Sister Kara is such an incredible example of this principle. I, one who has endured so much suffering. And it's it's like a Job story. It's like a Joseph story where, you know, things just got worse and got worse and you didn't think it was possible to get worse and it would get worse again and uh yet uh, i will never forget that image of her laying on her back because she couldn't move and playing the harp and and, and singing the song it's friday sundays a coming like what a visual what a you know multi-dimensional visual audio the whole thing of trusting that it's Friday, the day the Lord was crucified, but Sunday, resurrection day, when it is all going to make sense and all of our fears and doubts and and insecurities will be displaced with the confidence in a risen Lord is coming. And then when they were here, they shared how now she is leading a, a support group for others who are struggling and having trials and, you know, who else can speak into their problems and their challenges and their fears than someone who has gone through more and yet has come through victorious. And that is that is who our Lord and Savior is. He is not remote. He says, come boldly into my presence. We have, a, we have one who understands. Who's, whose heart is touched with the feelings, who, who's been through everything that we have, and yet without sin, he has overcome the very challenges and struggles that you are going through. That is assurance. So as we struggle with, sometimes people lose faith. They pray, they really pray for something. Their, their parent who's dying or whatever it is and God doesn't answer and they lose faith. Don't. God, God is not promising that he will do whatever you say. He's promising he will be with you come what may. God's not promising to do whatever you say, but that he will be with you, come what may. And that is greater hope. Because that way you don't become God-spoiled little brat. Where God does everything you say and you never learn to appreciate his greater wisdom. And learn to trust him when you don't understand him. Learn to obey when it doesn't make sense to you. You never develop a relationship with based on trust and confidence in a God you don't understand. Now you have that opportunity. Those no's, those not yet's, those God's working in ways I don't understand are opportunities for us to choose to trust and to grow those roots in a deep relationship with him. May God bless his word. I was speaking with a sister this morning after services and she said, do you, do you think this just our perception or are people just going through so much more these days than we used to? So many families going through so many crises simultaneously. It, it does seem to me, objectively true, I, I, I don't remember so many health crises going on at the same time in our, our body and so many younger people passing away. And I think God has a purpose. I fear that darker days are coming as mentioned this morning, we don't have to look far to see the shifting sands, the things that we thought were immovable, things that we thought were safe, shifting and aligning with, uh, 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 with, with history, uh, with uh, prophecy, which will soon be history. God's preparing us. We need to take this opportunity to learn, to trust in Him now. Because as the pangs of of childbirth, things may soon intensify. We've had our day in the sun when things were relatively stable and we were relatively prosperous and relatively healthy. That's not assured but we can learn now to trust God, to experience his presence, to depend on him in the crises, even as we relate to other people's crises, that when things intensify, our roots will be there. That's when, when it will be so necessary to be grounded. As Jesus was, he knew God's character and he could trust God. And that was a rock-solid foundation. I pray for each of you that you would build your life on that foundation and not let anything in between. With that, we would conclude this afternoon service.